At Sash Senior Home Sales Services, we're not just a real estate brokerage. At the heart of our company is our passion for serving seniors. Sash was founded to provide homeowners with specially designed home sale assistance. From our years of experience, we understand the unique challenges that come with downsizing after 30, 40, or 50 years of living in your home. Sash's home sale services are individually customized to help ease your downsizing journey. We've helped seniors and families navigate to a successful home sale outcome year after year. Call us to find out how we can assist you at 888-400-SASH. That's 888-400-7274 and at sashservices.com. From start to following Answers for Elders podcast features author, innovator, Alzheimer's and dementia family coach, Faith Marshall. And welcome everyone to another four-part episode on Answers for Elders podcast network as we are talking to dementia and Alzheimer's expert, Faith Marshall. Faith, welcome back to our program. Thank you, Suzanne. It's always a joy being here with you. It is great for you to be here, too, because obviously there's lots of things happening in the world. And as we get back to, um, you know, there's fall in the air and certainly lots of things happening with families. And they've been through summertime and now they're inside and, and seeing their loved ones, obviously. And many have had our seniors, sadly, a lot of escalation of Alzheimer's and dementia due to a lot of depression from the pandemic, from, you know, being quarantined for so long and all of these things. And so I know faith for us, we're getting a lot of phone calls of, I don't know what's going on with my loved one. Um, You know, whether it's, it's a um, scenario of they're refusing to bathe, they're refusing to, you know, take care of their everyday, you know, daily activities, things like that. And so, you know, I'm really excited about today's podcast because we're going to be talking today about communication with those with Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, You know, I think we as families get a lot of concern about, you know, frustration. We don't necessarily know how to reach them um, in the best way, especially because we don't understand the mind as it's on dementia. And you certainly have done a lot of research in this area. So tell us a little bit, Faith, if you would just kind of give us a background into the mindset of someone who has Alzheimer's dementia. Well, that's a hard task to me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. So I think it starts with the label of a diagnosis and when an when a patient is diagnosed everyone is confused and everyone is in fear mm-hmm. and we somehow detach the person from the diagnosis and we're mm-hmm. dealing with you know that label right. of dementia or alzheimer's and that's where most of the most of families questions come from right so what we need to remember is just like you went to the grocery store and you just forgot your list and so then you couldn't remember what was on your list Mm -hmm. it doesn't change who you are no it does not you just forgot right and what i see happening is we start to deal with them 
because of our own emotions being on that roller coaster that that just happens naturally we start to detach from the person right so what is really best is remembering who the person is and and meeting them there and you and I have talked about this meeting the patient where they are right right but if you think of it from a perspective of that person is just forgetting they're not right. they're not in charge of you know making these choices that they're forgetting something it's just happening just well, and like I think, when you forget your grocery list exactly well and i think also there's a perception with the, the individual that has alzheimer's or dementia that they're not being forgetful that they remember things differently and it isn't that they're rewriting history intentionally it's the fact that how the synapsis is not des is not connecting in a normal way right. so it like you said their individuality who they are what they like what they dislike never goes away and i think one of the things that we as families need to remember is what is it that we can do to make sure that we always honor the things that are most important to them and i think that is you know maybe in the early stages we start start talking to them about you know little things like i i remember i've talked to another dementia um consultant a long time ago and they talked about the fact that how many times does a senior go into a memory care unit and they don't know how they took their coffee you know maybe they would like coffee in the morning but they like two lumps of sugar instead of no sugar you know and it, it's not necessarily it's we may think that that's an, an unusual thing but i think one of the things that is really important for families to do right up front is to make sure that we're on the same page of what are our loved ones likes and dislikes you know yeah. do and and how many covers do they like on their bed and could because there will come a day likely that they won't be able to speak for themselves exactly. and this is something that best thing that we can do as family members is to honor that and yeah. so you know a lot of what you're saying is absolutely accurate yeah and thank you for bringing that up there's an excellent book called the memory keeper i can't love that i can't remember the author off the top of my head Della street Yes, it's a great way for people ahead of time to, I gave a copy of that book to my friend who had cancer, who mm -hmm. wanted her grandson to remember her, so she could write down, answer all those questions of the things so that would important. know who she was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it has, it has many more uses than just dementia, but yeah. it asks, it's like a journaling prompt and it asks questions that you don't think, you know, to tell someone. Mm -hmm. And like you said, so if you if you're in a in an environment and you like your coffee with two creams and one sugar, and they give you black coffee, you just don't want it. But you can't tell them why. You don't even know why. No, it just doesn't taste right. Right. So um, person-centered care is the key here for trying our best to help help the patient feel as normal as we can help them feel mm -hmm. we need to put ourselves aside and focus on them and giving them choices that are choices that they would you know like to make and either or mm -hmm. i've said many times it's like dealing with a five-year-old you know yeah. do you want do you want to go to lunch or do you want to play in the park yeah 
emphasize the one that you want them to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Should we take a shower before we go out to lunch or do you want to eat here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, in a way it's, you know, you're, you're, you're in charge, but you're allowing them to feel like they're in charge. Well, and it's, it comes right down to the mindset of allowing them and honoring them with, with dignity. Yeah. It's like they are a full person, whether they're in, you know, no matter what stage they're in. And, and that is one of the things that I think a lot of times families get frustrated, not because they don't love their loved one, because they do, but they feel like they're um, in a scenario where they are um, so frustrated trying to communicate that it can come out as frustration or anger towards that person. Yeah. And it's not, it's just the fact that that person doesn't have the synapses connectors in their brain to be able to process what you're telling them. And right. so, you know, I always say to families, it's like, if you get, feel a sense of frustration, leave the scenario. I, I remember taking care of my mom and I would walk around the block. She was in a um, skilled nursing facility, but she had dementia and I, she would say things. She still knew how to uh, push my buttons. Even when she was more advanced, she would say things sometimes that would just, you know, I could just feel the blood boil, you know, cause she was pushing my buttons and I had to learn to take a breath and say, mom, I'm going to, I have to run a quick errand. I'll be right back. And then I de dealt with my issues later. I had to realize that, you know, I had to move out of this mindset and to go on a walk, to get, uh, you know, release your situ you know, yourself from the situation, even if it's a, you know, around the block to, to, um, you know, to laugh or to move. It is yeah. such an important part of making sure that we as families stay centered through this process. So I'm glad you brought that up because something else that happens that most of us aren't aware of at the time is when something triggers us, mm -hmm. our energy changes, our whole energy field changes. And Usually. pets always react to that. Most mm -hmm. of us have experience with pets, mm -hmm. not understanding why we're tense, you know, what's happening. And then they start following you around. Well, for humans, we try to, you know, step back. So you're trying to accomplish something with a person mm -hmm. and you're trying to force them into doing something. It doesn't, at that point, what you're saying isn't what matters most. It's your energy. Yeah. So taking a walk, walking outside, breathing, whatever can help you get back to having that loving heart that is mm -hmm. the most cooperative energy to be in, then their response will be better. Right. And foc and focusing on them and realizing you're putting yourself aside. Um, it's not time for me to deal with my emotions, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's time for it's time for us to, you know, figure out how to mom get mom in the shower or how to help her understand, you know, that this is what she needs to wear now. Mom didn't like wearing pants that didn't zip up, but pants that zipped up were not conducive to that environment. Right. So changing her to elastic waist pants and leggings um, was a shift for her because she, in her mind, she was still in corporate America, you know, dressing up for mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. And she was still going to work in the nursing home, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but with exactly. sweatpants. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's all about perception. And I think one of the things that we need to think about in this hour is 
is kind of some key things to remember. And I think one of the things that I would love to close out this segment with Faith is, is I always, there's a little book out there called The Four Agreements. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Yes, I have it. Yes. But one of the things, it's one of my favorite books of all. And it, it's truly, I would say, one of the best books for family caregivers. Because one of the things of the four is take nothing personally. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is not a personal thing towards you. And, and so understanding that you're just on different wavelengths and how to come and fill the bridge. I think one of the things I would love to talk about the next segment is what are some key points that we can look at as we move forward in, you know, communicating with a loved one. What do you think about that? I think that's great. Thank oh, you. that would be great. And so everyone, again, um, Faith is here. She, We are talking again about communicating with someone with Alzheimer's and dementia. And how can you be a better communicator and also take care of yourself in the process? So Faith will be right back right after this. Thank you, Suzanne. We would like to thank you for joining us in this podcast. Faith is here to support you and your family on this journey. She will help you to come together in harmony, creating the best team and advocating for your loved one's care. So call Faith at 855-363-2484 to receive a $200 gift card just by mentioning that you've heard these podcasts. Again, that number is 855-363-2484. And guess what? That spells faith 8553 FAITH Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.